0: I'm Mike. I'm Dave, and this is Between the Lines. And we're back.
1: We are here today.
0: We are here. Uh, Scott couldn't make it again this week. He's still under the weather. We wish him uh, the best of luck. Hopefully, it's uh, hopefully it's nothing major. Yeah. Um, you know, we're kind of
1: under the weather. It's, raining, yeah, out it's today.
0: raining so hard and it's it's chilly. We had such a nice day yesterday. Yeah, it, uh, was, it was a uh, beautiful day.
1: It was uh, like uh, beach weather
0: out. Yeah, there Yeah, it was great. I almost wanted to go swimming. Um, so Scott's not going to be here. So we're flying solo again. Um, we're here at the cabin, so if you hear some weird noises or anything, I think we've got the clicks and pops licked. Uh, so hopefully uh, this won't be as um, as th- at least audio wa- ver- audio wise, it won't be as uh, it won't
1: sound like a telephone conversation.
0: Yeah, it won't sound like we recorded it in
1: 1995. What'd you say, mom?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um I guess what we had planned on talking about this week is the unfortunate situation going on in China um I don't know you we we were thinking to start on at the at the beginning of this
1: yeah I'd like to if we can just give a quick rundown as to the historical uh, yeah quick because my assumption is that people listening to us have a little bit of Understanding as to what's going on, so I'd like to kind of fill in some of those gaps if possible.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm gonna turn you up just a little bit here while we're talking, because it looked like you're you were a little low there. Um, so, at any rate, um, if you wanted to just um, start off with what you had uh, prepared, and I'll, I'll interject. The only thing I wanted to to, to preface with was. One thing that I noticed when when I was doing uh, my research into um, the the Uyghurs is this the the comparison that you could make between uh, the uh, Jewish Christian people in Israel and the uh, Muslim people in Palestine, although there's there's obviously vast differences there. You, there's striking similarities as well. Um, the way that there's a contested history um, and fighting over over a, a certain swath of land and one, one country or one people believing one thing and another people believing another thing. I think the difference here is a little bit of authori- authoritarian totalitarianism yeah. uh, on one side. Um, it's not just two... Um, somewhat democratic countries going at each other's throats. This is one people completely oppressing another. So there are major differences, but the similarities are there. So anyway, uh, let's start at the beginning.
1: So just to make a quick disclaimer, uh, we're probably going to screw up the way that uh, they actually pronounce the name of the Weigers. Oh, plenty. Uyghurs. I've heard it about 16 different ways, so uh, I'm going to go with Weigers. Uh, yeah. So whatever, whatever works for you. Um, so the Waigers are actually, they uh, live in a part of the world, uh, the western part of China uh, called uh, Turk- Turkestan or uh, more uh, provincially known as Xinjiang province, which is the largest province in all of China, uh, comprises the most uh, land mass. Uh, however, it is the least populated land mass in all of China, so uh, less per capita in terms of uh, overall population. But uh, real quick, not to belabor this, but uh, as far as the history of the Uyghurs uh, it goes back, um, the the actual history of the Uyghurs goes back probably about four to five thousand years, uh, if not longer, depending on how you try to trace uh, ethnicity ethnicities and um, you know just where they came from and so on. But Uh, the history that we're going to be kind of focusing on uh, with regards to uh, how they're being treated nowadays by the CCP and how they're being treated as an overall population dates back to about the 1940s uh, to about 1949. So there was a period of time between 1940 and 1949 where the Ligers were actually uh, independent. Uh, They were free in a manner of speaking. Uh, It was right around the between the 20s and the 30s, 40s, up into the 50s, when China really started its expansionist move into other parts of the country. Uh, Of course, I think it was the 20s when they invaded Tibet, 1920, Mm -hmm. somewhere around there. Uh, Many years later, they decided that they would take over or start working to take over that part of the country. Um, There's about 23 million people that live uh, of original... Uh, ethnic backgrounds that live in that area in um, Xinjiang, uh, or Turkestan, if you want to call it that. Um, And of those 23 million people, roughly about 10 to 12 million of them identify as Uyghurs, or Uyghurs. Um, They are the largest population um, in that part of the world, uh, that part of China. And uh, so basically what happened is um, just to kind of break this down real quick, because we could go on this on and on and on and on forever uh, with the history. Uh, basically, they um, were the many people. Many historians believe that they were the original, um, one of the original peoples to populate that part of the world. Um, it's in contest, and that's something I think that you're going to bring up here in in, yeah. in a few minutes. Yeah,
0: because there is a there is a uh, contested history. Um, of the of the Uyghur people, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it either. So tomato, tomato. Um, I, I I don't want to get it wrong either, but at the same time, I, I don't want to say it say it wrong. But anyway, at any rate, um, there's a contested history. Um, mainland China and the Han uh, Chinese people that that occupy that area <clears throat> um, contest the um, the history of the of the Uyghurs. And they they um, they kind of try and suppress and 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 think of, and try to push them as a different type of people that as in what they what they really are. I guess I'm I'm talking in circles. But um, so uh, I guess what I'm getting at is is that there's. There's two different ways uh, uh, to, to look at this, um, and this is where I get the is- Israel-Palestine thing going on. Um, the the Uyghur people believe that they're the original inhabitants of this land, um, and that they that, that it that it almost necessarily belongs to them, and it belongs to their people. And they were fine with being under Chinese occupation, so to speak, as long as the only thing that changed was the border, um, and they were able to live and and work and be um, as they always had been before. Um, The difference is, is now um, with the encroachment of the Chinese government and the CCP, it's really taken a downward turn. Um,
1: It's been about since about 2016, that recent, uh, with the appointment of a new, I guess, Secretary of State, Chen Po... I'd have to look up his name again. I had it here in the notes. but uh, uh, anyways, there, there was a group, there was a specific paramilitary group that had been designated back when they first started to try to colonize that part of China called the um, uh, the Bing Tuan uh, or military unit in Chinese. Uh, basically, it's a paramilitary group uh, that they identified. Uh, some of you may have heard the, the phrase, the Xinjiang Production and Construction Corps. Mm. That sounds very, uh, you know, PC and, yeah. you know, yeah, we're just here to build and, uh, you know, promote production and quality of life and blah, blah, blah.
0: Yeah, we're just quality control. That's um,
1: but there were five, uh, I a lot of the, just so those that are listening um, are aware of this, a lot of the information that I'm pulling from comes from the UHRP, which is the... Uh, uh, a group that is dedicated to um, um, talking about these specific issues uh, that are relating to the Weiger uh, situation. It's called the Weiger Human Rights Project, um, based out of Washington, D.C., and their specific focus on this. How, however, you have like, the human rights uh, group, and you also have um, Amnesty International, which do a lot of work in this regard. But there are five big things that this uh, uh, production and construction corps. Uh, known as the Bing Tuan, were uh, um, uh, tasked with doing. One is to exercise state and police powers. Um, so, in other words, they are. The Bing Tuan is made up predominantly of the Han population. Okay. Um, there's roughly only 10 to 13% of of Uyghur population that comprises this group. Oh, wow. So, if you think about it, that in context, the Han were actually uh, being uh, pushed into moving into this part of the country so that their ethnicity would be of more of predominance mm. in the country. So it was a chi- it was China's or the CCP's active um, attempt at balancing out or over dominating or dominating the current population, which in this case was the Weigers. Um, so you have a police force, a paramilitary force, um, that commands a population of 2.7 million people. So think about that. This group called the Bing Tuan, a paramilitary group, 2.7 million uh, are in this group that are essentially tasked with the management of the 20 to 23 million ethnic groups that are in there. Because you have to remember, it's not just strictly the Weigers that live in this part of the country. It's also you have the uh, uh, people from Kazakhstan, uh, which are called the Kazats, I believe, is what the term is that they refer to them, which are also a fairly large population. But the Uyghurs specifically are the ones that are a uh, focus. Uh, the second thing that they serve is as a colonizing force. So the first thing that they, the Bing Tuan uh, their first number one um, uh, policy is exercise state and police powers. In other words, they serve as the... Right arm of the CCP in that specific province. Two, to serve as a colonizing force. Um, just reading here verbatim, the Bing Tuan was founded to increase the Han population in the Wiger homeland and has constructed 13 new cities to absorb the Han migrants, uh, specifically with the reason and intent of diluting the Wiger population. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on, three, uh, one of the things that uh, have been identified with the Bing Tuan is they are uh, constantly committing acts of brutal abuse. Uh, the Bing Tuan carries out systematic human rights abuses against the Weigers, oversees a brutal prison system, construction and supervise uh, supervision of extrajudicial internment camps. Uh, they have a vast surveillance network and involuntary population transfers, transfers, and forced labor, which we'll get into later.
0: So shades of shades of Germany, circa 1933 34 um when they started with the brown shirts yes uh things like that when they started forcing um <clears throat> forcing ethno-german populations into jewish ghettos and force well, into into the yeah. jewish neighborhoods and forcing jewish people into ghettos um and then wardening off the ghettos and then kind of controlling populations
1: yeah if you remember uh, um I can I couldn't give you the numbers because I haven't been looking at this, but um, what the population of indigenous uh, peoples that were involved in those groups, like with the brown shirts and with um, different uh, branches of the Gestapo that were used with, you know, reining in the population, so to speak. And sure. They made it. They made it lucrative. Yeah. Let's put it that way. It they was made there, it yep. lucrative. Yep. For. Uh, indigenous peoples to be a part of these groups, which that's why I say it's not entirely comprised, this Bing Tuan isn't entirely comprised of Han peoples, although that is probably about 70 to 80% of it, yeah. you know, who comprises it in terms of ethnicity and whatnot. So, uh,
0: And um, when, we, when we talk about Han, um, Han people and all this stuff, China China has a very long and very complex history. Um you know, we we're spoiled here in the United States. We're a very young country. Um, and we're very um, there hasn't been a lot of changing hands uh, here in the United States. It can be argued um, that land was taken from the natives and things like that. But there's been very few uh, very few owners uh, of of the vehicle that is North America, um, whereas over in Asia and China, things have been changing hands for millennia um you know china's broken apart and re reunited and broken apart and reunited at at least three times um, throughout history
1: when you have a country that comprises what one-seventh of the world's population oh yeah huge i mean you're talking about uh some i mean they have their own calendar they have I mean, it's a history unto itself. It
0: I is mean, its a, it own; is. it's its own world um, uh, in in and of itself. China is so unique um, that you, there really is no other comparison uh, as to as far as history uh, history of the country is concerned and um, influence of the country, like all the way back to the Silk Road. You, you know, China has been part of the human story for a very long time.
1: And that's uh, where the Weigers kind of come into play because the Silk Road passes right through that neck of their, you know, where they live at. So, I mean, that's why they were historically relevant. And it was
0: very lucrative for China when, when that opened up uh, because trade uh, from the entire, you know, um, Western part of, uh, the continent, uh, Opened open right up And then China was making a lot of money um, So there were there was a big push For people to um, occupy swaths of the Silk Road I guess is the best way to put it It was very lucrative to have uh, toll roads And uh, toll bridges and things like that In between wherever you were And, and uh, mainland China
1: So, I mean... Uh- what we're going to be focusing a lot today is not so much on what their past looks like, but more about what their present looks like. Yes. And, um, you know, like I started to say, about 2016 was when, I guess, the gas pedal was put to the metal, so Yeah, to speak, they, they, they just of...
0: really stepped on the gas uh, right around 2016.
1: Um, but uh, it w- it came with the election of a new state, Secretary of State, that was... Um, working closely in hand with uh um Xi Jinping uh who's the current president yeah. um of China and
0: will be for life probably yeah oh, they they changed the law once Oh, did they? yeah they changed the law so he's now president for life no probably yeah yeah isn't that um isn't that free and fair um
1: <laughs> so i mean there <laughs> this 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 uh issue with the wiggers is is by far i mean a presidential uh, issue that's going on right now because there's there's so much going on there that we can take a look at that should serve as a very stark reminder as to why we have the types of laws and protections that we do here in the US here um, yeah you know i just looking at I, I mean, we'll get into this at a later point, but uh, just even talking about how they micromanage the populations through uh, digital platforms and whatnot, um, there are numerous articles from Amnesty International just speaking to, you know, how that China should not be used as a as a model for how the oh, U.S. No. should. Uh, no,
0: I, I think. You know, to put it in perspective, as far as the way that um, China views its citizens in the United States, uh, we have how many how many protected classes do we have in the United States? Sex, um, religion, um, race, race, ethnicity ethnicity, um, and that's, I
1: mean, and then just rich versus poor. Yeah, we I mean, don't have plebeian class and patrician yep, class like in that. the U.S.
0: China has fifty-five different designated classes in their country. Fifty-five mm. designated classes. Sounds so, like tax code. So that no, what it's yeah, yeah sir, what it sounds like to me is a lot of transactional, uh, uh Isn't that what, they, what do they call that? The the. um
1: Intersectional. Intersectionalism.
0: It sounds like a lot of that going on. No. Where if you're um, if you're a Han, uh, a Chi- a Han Chinese male, wealthy Chi- a wealthy Han Chinese male, you're the upper crust. If you're a poor female Uyghur, you are beneath the crust. You know what I'm saying? So there's you know there's that's where that intersectionalism gets you first they got to figure out a way to categorize you and then they can sort you
1: yeah yeah i mean if and you know china is probably one of the most proficient and efficient um, human rights violator on the face of this planet
0: and has been throughout history
1: yeah I mean, granted, though, it, it really didn't take root until about the 1900s when they started their conversion over to communism. Yeah. Um, that's when you really started to see it. I mean, usually most of what happened in China was resigned to within its own borders, and then they were usually tribal fights that would, you know, sure. break out. I mean, China's
0: tried just about every type of uh, government that there is. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, in its early days, it was uh, some somewhat of a. Of a Confederacy where you had a bunch of different tribes um, they were independent of of uh, of each other but united in defense um, you know something kind of like what um, the original colonies would have been um, and that was the early days of, of China I mean we're talking 500 600 BC or even or even further back than that. And then they went into a united monarchy type um, imperial imperialistic uh, type government, and then they went you know full on uh, you know republic for a while, uh, the People's Republic of China, um, and, it, and and now they're now they've gone full on communism. So I mean they've they've just about tried every flavor uh, that there is, and and the best way to control people is communism. So that's where they're at.
1: And, I mean, not solely to focus just on the atrocities that are being committed against the Uyghurs. They are just, it, it is the most evident, I mean, in terms of what you said last week, in terms of measurable um, measurable statistics, uh, this is probably one of the most pronounced...
0: Tangible evidence. Um,
1: ...treatments of an individual ethnicity uh, that we've seen in quite some time. I mean, China, I mean everybody I mean you do any kind of rudimentary research on
0: well everybody remembers Tank Man in Tiananmen Square yes back in the 90s you know so this isn't anything new Um, we're just I mean honestly this and you can correct me if I'm wrong but I honestly feel this is the number one the most the most outlandish atrocity uh, going on in the world today aside from maybe uh, child trafficking and, um, and you know, civil wars in Africa. This is, I think, as far as on the world stage, this should be in everybody's wheelhouse. Every day they should be looking at this.
1: Well, if we think about it in context of uh, previous atrocities that have happened on this scale, uh, if we think about, again, going back to the killing fields of the Khmer Rouge and Pol Pot, going yeah. back to... The Rwandan crisis back in the 90s going back further to World War II um, you know we are seeing uh, quite literally uh, the events that would have drawn uh, US national interest in terms of direct involvement oh sure if you think about you know think about those instances and in you know and I know it took a lot I know especially in the case of the Rwandan um, you know in the Rwandan genocides that were happening. It took a lot of sacrifice on the part of UN officials and journalists and whatnot that were on the ground floor when this was happening to get national interest to turn their eyes on this when it, they were turning a blind eye essentially to it. Um, this is so much in the news. Like, you can't find a single news outlet, even <laughs> even the ones I don't agree with you can't find a single news outlet without some kind of coverage on this. uh, Now what's going on in the Wigers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and granted, it probably didn't, it probably went on under the radar for quite some time. It
0: did because, you know, not to toot our own horn, but we were talking about this on the podcast a year ago Yeah, uh, when nobody else, uh, nobody else was talking about it. I got word of this, um, listening to the Glenn Beck program, um, you know, probably about a year ago, he had just, he had a guest on that was just mentioning it in passing. And I did a little research and I thought, man, you know, we're, we're focusing on the wrong things in this country right now.
1: Yeah. yeah, I, I'm just thinking too, in relation to, uh, I mean, China's just going full bore. I mean, they're, I mean, I'm thinking about Hong Kong now with uh, overtaking their elections and now they're even cutting down or um, restricting certain speech rights that, People that lived in Hong Kong had on campuses uh, in, within the government. People have been arrested. I remember there was an article recently where like 55 um, uh, popular individuals, ranging from actors to um, polit or politicians, were arrested. This is and that's what <laughs> what they they just they have no bounds. Is really what it comes down to. They yeah. have no bounds. It's it's quite literally. Um, You know, for anybody that's ever read, um, uh, what is it, uh, uh, The The Republic, which is written by um, Plato, it talks about utopianism. Um, This this is the most graphic, most grotesque, most... horrific means by which to achieve that in their eyes this is population control oh is, is at, exactly what at it ground is. zero this is population control this is you know this is their way of controlling uh, outgrowth of populations uh, by deeming one population less worth than another mm-hmm. for whatever the reasons um, you know it's just it's 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 just it goes on and on and
0: on it's on. it's it's amazing um, it's amazing to me. That China's postured itself over the last I would say the last ten years, tw- probably twenty years, but most definitely the last ten years uh, has postured itself as almost a necessary evil to most of the world um in order, and I think that's how they're getting away with a lot of the stuff that they're getting away with because they've made themselves the sole supply chain for a lot of different countries for a lot of different things, mm-hmm. um, like the United States. Before COVID, we're lucky. We're honestly lucky that COVID hit when it did. I know that's sad to say, but we're actually lucky that it, we we that it did because it woke us up our pharmaceutical supply chain was completely dependent upon China. Uh,
1: masks, you know, like yep, all the uh, all N95 the, yep. masks. and whatnot. Everything
0: was made there. And so we had to do a quick 180. Um, and so what happened originally, and a lot of people have already forgotten about this because we have such short memories with the news cycles that happen nowadays. But a lot of people have already forgotten this. When, when coronavirus hit, China kept everything for themselves. Yeah. They shut everything down and they kept all the medicine. They kept all the protective gear and they said, F you to the rest of the world. And a lot of people have already forgotten that. So that's why the United States had to panic and turn around and start making their own M95 mask. They had to start, you know, producing their own. Um, it's not necessarily like they don't necessarily make the Tylenol in china but the ingredients that go into the ty- tylenol is made there and then shipped here and then we manufacture the drugs here because we don't we don't allow any drugs that are manufactured outside of the purview of the fda in the united states well,
1: not to digress here but uh, well i am digressing but you know the fact of the matter is is that china has been growing as a, a global leader in business but by and large it is still a largely agrarian society Mm -hmm. in which you know you get onto the outskirts of the larger cities and everybody's a farmer a poor poor farmer so i mean but they the government relies heavily on those individuals uh to supply you know the day-to-day needs of Mm -hmm. a population of Mm -hmm. one billion people and then you know, on top of that, the exports that they'll sell to you know, us and whoever else, you know, decides to do so. But
0: yeah. Um, so I guess my bigger point was, is they've postured themselves into that place where other countries are almost nervous. Uh, I don't want to say nervous. That's not how I want to put it, but you almost like you don't want to rock the boat. Uh, things are going pretty good. We got, we got cheap shit on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, you know, we can buy, we can buy good stuff, decent stuff at Walmart, uh, you know, so don't rock the boat, but what would happen if we really start pressing China and we're actually seeing this now, which is another point you wanted to bring up. Now companies are starting to press China. China's starting to press them back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it's, I I stated in last week's episode that as of the 13th, the 45th president, when he stepped out of office, one of his last acts was to actually put a uh, ban on all imports of cotton products that were coming from Xinjiang province, which is probably, I don't even know what the percentage is, but I think it's somewhere to the tune of 80 to 90 percent of all cotton exports that come out of China, come out of that province. Guess who, you know, guess who is... Uh, growing, intending, and picking said cotton. It's the Weigers.
0: And I want to I point out, just because I, 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 I don't want to be too political about this, but there is a certain president that's in office right now that's trying to say that the past administration uh, didn't do anything about this. And that's, for the most part, true. Um, but for the most part, it's also because it was under the radar, and nobody knew that this was going on up until... Uh, it didn't pre- predominantly hit major, ma- major, main news cycles until uh, like late two thousand nineteen, early two thousand twenty. Um,
1: yeah, but that's not even necessarily true, even because there were there were acts that were passed through the House back in two thousand eighteen or two thousand nineteen relating to the Weigers. Um, I'd have to pull it up here, but I think it's HR ten twenty five that was passed back in two thousand nineteen that was specifically related. Now, was it? I guess the question. Here's here's the thing that bothers me is that there's a lot of business that goes on within the government, good and bad, that we never take notice of because again, the media fails to report mm-hmm. on things that are of you know grand grander importance than what uh Miss Markle is doing. Yeah. At the, at
0: the time the, the first time the Uyghur thing came out, I think that um I think we were dealing with an impeachment. Yes. So that was more important then
1: (laughs) here i pulled it up hr 1025 the 116th congress 2019 to 2020 it was introduced in the house on uh, february 6 2019 Uh, uyghur intervention and global humanitarian unified response act of 2019 this bill imposes sourcing restrictions and export controls related to china's mass detention of the uyghurs a predominantly muslim uh, Turkic ethnic group in the xinjiang province in other words there was already movement within the Congress at that period in time, about a year, year and a half ago, yep. to put a stop. Uh, I guess that at that point they would have been tariffs that they were imposing yep. um, to discourage, you know, purchasing.
0: And I, and and the thing about it is, is during that time, that exact week, I imagine, I, if I rem- if my dates are correct, we were we were impeaching the forty-fifth president for a phone call with Ukraine. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, A phone call that later, you know, he was acquitted. We all know what happened there, but this is why we've got to be careful of what we're focusing on in the media. That's media malpractice, if you want my honest opinion. There is a there was a show a kangaroo trial in Congress, so they focused on that um, when there was this is this is real stuff that should have been brought up and I, I believe that that's media mal journalistic malpractice in my opinion that the mainstream media dropped the ball on that but oh, where yeah. where were we between the lines was there for you yeah
1: we don't do journalism anymore we just do uh whatever hot button topics they used yeah. to refer to it as headlining yeah it's um,
0: clickbait is yeah. is all it's clickbait for for mainstream media if you remember folks um back in the day when when they flipped over to the 24-hour news cycle remember when they used to have uh, segments of squirrels water skiing, um, and stupid shit like that to fill in the time. Well, when the ratings stopped started dropping, and the squirrels water skiing and the stupid, uh, stupid grandmas baking five feet cookies weren't drawing in the ratings anymore, they started to have to make shit up. Uh, in order to get ratings so they started embellish stuff that's there so they start focusing on things that are actually happening but embellish a little bit make some stories a little bit more sensational than they really are and that gets you to tune in notice uh cnn's ratings drop something happened on january 20th Uh, uh i can't remember what it was but something happened on january 20th uh that caused uh cnn's ratings to start failing
1: wasn't that when the Markles moved to? Uh, no, I mean
0: uh, Harry and. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, oh, that's right. Donald Trump wasn't president anymore. Yeah. So I, I again, I don't want to get too much into it because I don't care what president takes care of this shit. If Biden, if Biden decides that he wants to step up and um, you know acknowledge what's going on in China, I don't think Beijing Biden is going to do that. That's my personal opinion. I'm going to get the jabs in when I can. Um, <laughs> I don't think he's going to do that, but I don't care if he does it. Great, I don't care if he gets the credit. I don't care if Donald Trump gets some credit for it. I don't think any president should worry about that. Get it done.
1: Yeah, and that's the. I think that's the biggest problem that we have in our modern day politics is that if something doesn't have a political capital behind it, oh yeah, it it has no value uh, to those. Uh, beloved individuals that reside in our House of Representatives in Congress. The resident of my house yeah. is what we
0: should start calling the president.
1: It, it, it's it's disgusting because, you know, you have people that they're supposed to be serving, uh, you know, that are overlooking, you know, these... I mean, they're aware. I mean, these people are not, not aware of what's no. going on. They just choose not to make it a, a key point of their conversations because they'd rather throw spitballs at each other, like a bunch of four-year-olds in Congress instead of getting things done. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, uh, just to kind of go back to what we talked about, how much time do we have left here?
0: Uh, we're at 35 minutes right now. I figured we'd do 45 for this segment and then take a break. Sure.
1: Um, I wanted to touch real quick on just some of the things that are going on with regards to the um, export of the cotton and you know how it's affecting retailers. So interesting enough, um, it, it was stated that about 100% of retailers re- rely upon the cotton that's being exported from there. So 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. It's been, wow. And I think I read that through the UHRP, and there were some other references to that uh, with some of the other groups, that, like the Amnesty International and whatnot. They make reference to the fact that about 100% of all retailers that are out there right now that deal in any kind of clothing-related products.
0: Um, Is cotton evil? No. Can we start blaming cotton? Yeah. Because it seems up. like wherever cotton goes.
1: I'm all about the polyester.
0: You know. <laughs> you know, it just seems like wherever cotton goes, horrible things happen. Yep.
1: Yeah. Because it's so widely used. I mean, you think think about how much we buy on a day to day basis
0: oh, that yeah. doesn't have cotton. Socks, t-shirts, uh, bedding, jer- jersey knit sheets, uh, uh, curtains, uh, curtains. I
1: mean, any any material. Generally speaking, Ooh, cotton. because The it's, seats in your
0: car. Yeah. <laughs> your hat. Man, coats.
1: Yep. There's, there's very little that you don't have some interaction with right now that, you know, can, not to digress, but can you imagine doing a lineage check on where your shirt came from?
0: Yeah. True. Well that's the thing is we we mentioned it on a couple of podcasts. I think I even made a, a Facebook page uh post about it on our on our pages. If you if you really want to do things to stop Asian hate and you really wanna make a change in the world, pay attention to the brands you buy. Yeah. Pay attention to where where your the companies that you like, your Nikes, your Abercrombie, your your Tommy Hilfiger, your Adidas, your all of these companies I've mentioned use forced slave labor for their products
1: yeah and I'm not going to accuse any one company of any no any specific um, infraction or malfeasance in this with, with, I
0: would like to think that they were they were ignorant to it
1: I would like to too but at the same time I you know you think about you know ever I would say at least since about, the 2000s early 2000s maybe even a little further back than that a lot of our companies have gotten very eco-conscious with regards you know you think about starbucks for instance sure i mean they won't you know most of their product is sourced from farmers that they interact with that they know that i guess they send people out there to interview with these individuals you know to get their product out there you know sort of like working like i don't know if you ever heard of Ten Thousand villages it's a, it's a retail agency that specifically focuses on selling uh, products that are made by indigenous peoples. Oh, good. So they go and they take their products and they sell them in the U.S. And then that money goes directly back to those individuals. Good for them. So, I mean, it's, some people refer to it as microeconomics. It's basically like, for instance, uh, Africa for the longest time couldn't get its footing on the ground with regards to business because all we were doing as the U.S. was just giving people stuff. Yeah. We weren't actually training them, and this isn't this isn't um, a political statement. This is uh, word of mouth from people that are now owning businesses in in uh, you know different parts of Africa that are saying you know we appreciate the help, but we would have appreciated more if you taught us to fish instead of giving us fish. Yes. Um, so they their business their groundwork for business is growing as a result of that. Um, not getting away from the original topic, but. Um, you know with regards to how cotton is uh, used so widely um, there was a report recently um, with regards to now that the Chinese government CCP is now um, on this huge ad campaign or pushing forward with this huge ad campaign to influence consumers that buy from uh, a lot of the uh, uh, retailers that we're familiar with like H&M uh Nike, Adidas, so on and so on, they're now pushing consumers to boycott these agencies because now these agencies, in light of you know more of the press that's coming to light about how the Uyghurs are being uh, used as slave labor for the production of this product, now a lot of these retailers are you know growing a spine so to speak, and are pushing back against this. So what does CC, the CCP do and, you know, in, in normal fashion? Well, they turn their people against the retailers. Uh, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's just, it, whereas in the United States, um, you know, we, we, uh, an informed people looks at where their product's coming from. Yep. And that, I think to your point, you were saying that to some degree is that, you know, when uh, COVID hit, we suddenly became aware of what we weren't aware of Yes. so
0: i think it brought brought to light a lot of things excuse me it brought to light a lot of things that we um that we weren't necessarily not not that we were doing it on purpose or anything like that but we weren't privy to we weren't paying attention to oh man you mean we can get tylenol cheaper let's have china make it we can we can get hydroxychloroquine made cheaper let's have china make it yeah. let's let's have our china make our n95 masks and stuff like that it's so much cheaper we were looking at the dollar signs we weren't looking at what would happen if shit actually hits the fan you know you need to be in control of your supply lines as an as a nation and if if i don't i don't want to be isolationist or anything like that but if 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 as a country, push comes the shove, you need to be able to close down your borders and still have access to everything you need.
1: Yeah, and, you know, uh, the politicians, the, the 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 globalistic movement that's been happening, and, you know, I'm all for, you know, nobody's going to say they're not for peace, but yeah. peace at what cost. Yeah. You know, and a lot of the the movements that have been undertaken by the Maybe not so much the UN, but with regards to national politics, you know how we uh, graft or craft uh, trade deals with China specifically. A lot of our methodology uh, by which we are trying to keep peace with China is that we overlook their human right, their human right violations, and we try to get them involved with human. Or, or U.S. interest in yeah. terms of business, in order to keep them on our playing field, so to speak. I, I think that's that's faulty th- logic. It I mean, definitely that is faulty logic. That is superior, logic. superiorly faulty logic uh, in so many ways. You don't uh, you don't reward um, bad behavior, um, which you know, and that's putting it lightly. This is not just simply. Oh, slap on the wrist type of level stuff. <laughs> Oops. This is this, yeah, exactly. This is this is a a people literally trying to wipe out another ethnicity, and uh, you know we're slapping them on the wrist. Essentially, is what is happening.
0: But sorry, I'm gonna set that there. Um, yeah, um, why don't we take a break? Uh, that seems like a good place to stop. We'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more. Um, about the current state of what's going on, the suppression by the CCP, um, and a little, and uh, I think we we were also going to touch on how they were having um, family members, even um, uh, you know, vouch for quote unquote some of the people there. So, uh, take a quick break, uh, rest our ears, and then we'll be back here on Between the Lines. <music> and we're back hello Dave's here again I'm Um, back if you notice in the last segment uh, Dave was a little bit um, a little tinny uh, seemed like he was uh, recording from the basement. I took my face mask off. Yeah, and now now we can hear Dave. So that's that's good. We're I don't
1: know if that's such a good thing, but uh, <laughs> we'll go with it.
0: We're gonna we're gonna live with it one way or the other, um, but we can definitely hear you now. So um, so that's good. Um, as before the break, we were talking about um, the Uyghurs, Uyghurs, Waggers. in uh, um, the Turkestanians. Yes the other type of people in China. Um, we were talking about the poor uh, Uyghur people in uh, Xinjiang province of China. And uh, specifically, we were talking about how this, the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP, is pressuring um, pressuring people in China to pressure corporations to stop with the pressure.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're basically just putting uh, their leverage into ads to convince the population to stop shopping with yeah uh, a lot of the retailers that they've come to know. And that was the, the interesting thing about it is that uh, a lot of Western culture has invaded China uh, through uh, commercialism and through retail and whatnot. So, I mean, if there's any better way to influence a culture, it's through the things that they buy on a day to day basis. So I
0: remember when uh, China got its first McDonald's in the nineties yeah. That was a big that was a big deal cuz they didn't let any american countries or any american companies like franchise wise in the country. Mm. Now McDonald's is still technically Chinese McDonald's is still technically owned by the government, the, the government yeah. in China. Um they're just franchised so on and so forth. McDonald's gets its money. Uh don't um, don't get me wrong, but it's still a Chinese owned company. Um
1: but yeah, there's I mean it's grown exponentially and, you know, since about then since about what the 90s to yeah about.
0: now now uh if you go into beijing in center city beijing it looks like uh Your times city. square yeah yeah, yeah. yep yeah. you've got you got big billboards for um for nike and all the stuff that's locally made it's crazy uh,
1: to think about it though but hong kong is um, second to moscow in terms of per capita billionaires
0: yeah that's another thing that we're probably going to want to focus on in one of these episodes is hong kong because mm-hmm. they have their own unique issues right well, they now they
1: were under at one point up until when was it that the uk released it was the
0: about i want to say like 93 to 96 somewhere yeah, in that time range that was the worst thing i'm not all i'm not about colonialism or yeah. or occupation of other people's countries but you don't give You don't give, you know, um, authority over an independent country to a communist regime. (laughs) That'd be like saying, um, you know, going to where's a where's a place that we occupy like the the Puerto Rico. Yeah, that's a good one saying, oh, Cuba. Yeah, let's 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 just have Cuba look after Puerto Rico. I guess I
1: guess in their minds, they felt like their move towards uh, capitalism, you know, because they started opening up. Because, you know, the the story goes, I guess, is that the CCP saw that it couldn't support uh, its people. There were famines. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was widespread issues with being able to provide for their population at that time. So they discovered that opening up the door for farmers, even on the base level, being able to sell some of their export, you know, to outside countries, you know, just created this new dynamic that they had never had before. So... Um, but yeah, but um, to what we started uh, to allude to in the last segment was with regards to um, how the CCP is utilizing family members now, um, yes, in a negative fashion uh, to uh, use them in terms of video or news articles, um, print articles, uh, w- whatever form and fashion news comes in through their through their venues uh they're using people family members to debunk um any quote unquote quote unquote debunk any kind of allegations of mistreatment um what they're what you're seeing a lot of now is these proof of life videos essentially is what they're referring to them so it's all propaganda is what it is it's propaganda um and there are numerous, numerous stories of family members that are in internment camps one day, uh, brought out of internment, uh, basically put on the spotlight or put in the spotlight and uh, basically conditioned uh, and uh, massaged, so to speak, to uh, give a narrative that is contrary to what's actually going
0: on yeah they're clean cleaned up and um and you know kind of paraded out uh as if to make it seem like hey it's not it's not what it looks like you know um and in in reality um in reality they're all they've all they've really done is put lipstick on a pig so to speak yeah uh and and there's you know they're still going through the same stuff it's almost like um Again, I go back to Nazi Germany when they would have, uh, you know, propaganda Jewish sympathizers. That you know, before before the evidence came out, it was actually debated as to whether or not these uh, gas chambers and things actually existed. Um, Even it really wasn't even until after World War II, or at least towards the late stages of World War II, that we even had proof. Um, that the that the Holocaust actually ha- was happening. It was a you know even amongst the German people, it was a conspiracy theory uh, almost. Um, so I guess my bigger point is is that um, there were a lot of the same things going on where they the the Germans were actually hiring uh, German citizens that were you know Jewish German citizens that were sort of well off and not doing so bad to say oh no. Look, these guys are they're they're good, you know. My shop is making lots of money. Well, if you uh, think
1: about it, too, it's like uh, media in terms of film. The film industry was just getting its legs around the thirties and forties, oh, yeah. yep. And they capitalized on that hard, yeah. They I did. I mean, the German film festivals and everything. I mean, most of it was propaganda. Mm-hmm. Um, Hitler's great, and, you know, war heroes and blah blah blah.
0: Yeah, uh, w- the very first the very first television broadcast was a uh, uh, Hitler speech. the very first the very first broadcast to go out into space was a Hitler speech. Um, I can't remember what speech it was, but uh, that that should make you cringe a little bit yeah. that the very first signal that was sent from our planet,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, aliens! Are you out there? I Guess what? Yeah, We're a guess bunch what? of pricks.
0: Yeah, look at look at this guy. This is this is who we are. That you know, even though it obviously is not, but that's that's the impression that we sent out. Well, that
1: explains <laughs> why they keep trying to invade.
0: Well, yeah, they're they're a little worried. I wouldn't, you know people talk about UFOs all the time and again we're digressing pretty hard here but if I were if I were a UFO or an alien and I came to this planet and saw what was going on I'd turn around and go the fuck home
1: (laughs) yeah I'd, uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: real quick these monkeys got sticks and they're beating each other with them i'd
1: call home office and see if i can get reassigned to the planet with the uh the the the, the evolved people yeah we're so lucky
0: that we're, we're lucky that they haven't called like uh interstellar orthics or something like that to exterminate this horrible population of violent people it's like Hitchhiker's
1: Guide to the Galaxy. It's like... Exactly. We're some... They're paving a highway right, through, our, right yeah, through the center of the earth. We're
0: some zoo, you know, in the middle of nowhere that they put the the worst of the worst. That's what we're going to find out someday, that we're the worst species in, in, the, in the universe, and that's why they put us here, isolated from the rest of all of the other civilizations because so we're so bad. So
1: I wonder, you know, if they have a... If there's a... Uh, um, what am I looking for? If there's a uh, international co- or interstellar coalition of planets that have a film industry and uh, <laughs> they have their own version of the Oscars, you know would, would what would their version of idiocracy look like?
0: Oh my God, humanity Human <clears throat> Humanity Humanity now playing uh, it would be a comedy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: satire.: Yeah, it would be a comedy. Kind of. Um, so,
0: but anyway, back to the back to the point at hand. I didn't mean to get us no, off topic there. No, but.
1: the uh, so yeah these uh, these videos, proof of life videos. I was actually pulling up. There's there's so many instances. I mean, e- unfortunately, in situations like this, there's no uh, shortage of examples. Um, but I just randomly picked one out of the hat here. Uh, a lady by the name of uh, siddiq uh 51 years old. I'm um, glad
0: you pronounce that yeah I, I, i'm pretty no
1: sure i'm messing it up and i'm just pronouncing it we're very
0: much americanizing that name
1: <laughs> pretty much um is one of the few uh, she's one of the few people to have related their experiences working at a facility uh in the vast networks of internment camps in northwest china um and here's here's something just just as a factual thing there are over a thousand internment camps in the Xinjiang wow. province just in, thousand, the, just in the just Zing in that Zing. province wow. alone, um, and these were all constructed, um, you know, uh, by that Bin tuang, uh, uh the the construction and production,
0: the Chinese brown shirts. Yeah,
1: basically, um, and these are managed by those individuals. Uh, it is estimated that the camps, each individual camp, holds somewhere between three to ten thousand detainees. Wow, per. Um, and this all started in – like I started to say in the first part is uh, back in 2016 was when all this started to come to a head, and it was when they elected uh, Chen Quang-go, uh, who is the party secretary under um, – party secretary of the Xinjiang Uyghur Autonomous Region. That's what they refer to it as. Yeah. The XUAR, the Xinjiang Uyghur Autonomous Region.
0: Well, the the Nazis did the same thing. They're trying to sterilize. Um, they're trying to sterilize the name of it. Um, the more, uh, I don't want to use the word corporate, but the more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The more industrious the the name sounds. Um, the less offensive it sounds. Yeah. So you can't just say where we keep all the slaves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know. Yeah. They have to make it sound like um, the what? What did the Germans call it? I can't remember what they would call the 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 places. But it was it's essentially the same as calling a concentration camp a reeducation facility. Yeah. You're just you're putting you're 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 fancying it
1: up is all you're doing. Um. Uh. The, the lady I started to mention, Quelbinar Sadiq, uh, she had actually mentioned, she started to talk here. She said uh, she reachin- recently told the RFA uh, Wiger Service that at the end of last year, her ex husband, uh, Tursin Ismail, uh, said neighborhood level police officers had forced him to make videos claiming she was never an instructor in a camp and dismissing as lies her testimony providing rare insights into the management of the XUAR's camp system. Uh, he, uh, her husband, said uh, he was also coached to dismiss her claims that the authorities forcibly inserted an intra am I, <laughs> I'm probably saying that, or an IUD, yeah. uh, and later sterilized her before she was able to obtain permission to leave China for the Netherlands in October 2019. Ishmael, Uh, urged her to turn herself into the Chinese embassy and warned her that refusing to do so could have bad implications for her family members back home. Sadiq told RFA in October last year that she had received a phone call from Ishmael eight months earlier requesting a divorce, which she believes uh, he did to save himself from the political fallout from her decision to leave the country. Um, There's lots more here, yeah the this this was from january twenty sixth of this year
0: so essentially it's nothing to see here yeah she she was she was on record uh basically talking about what was going on in these places and and essentially um you you know bringing light to um what was happening and the 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 ccp kind of got wind of it uh and then if I'm if I'm understanding what you read, kind of forced her to recant on her statement, and say it was all lies, and and um, forcibly give false testimony in the in, in the contrary. Yes, is, is what happened. And this
1: is I I was listening to a um.
0: So were you lying then, or are you lying now? Yeah. one of those.
1: I was actually I was listening to a uh, uh, Zoom meeting, more or less, uh, between four individuals uh, with the UHRP. One gentleman actually is a u.s. citizen he is of Weiger descent um his he has family currently still in xinjiang mm. in the xinjiang province it's specifically his mother um and he relates uh to these uh, these others that were on the call um how um she was actually in an internment camp uh for i mean that's where she lived that was her day-to-day is that she lived in an internment camp Um, and then he started to speak out against what was going on um, in the Xinjiang province and you know as kind of a retaliatory thing they used his mother in these proof-of-life videos um, to discredit uh, what uh, what was being claimed in that you know she was being mistreated so basically what they do is they I don't know if what the period of time is It, it varies from one instance to the next but Uh, They basically tried to create uh, this snap of the finger quality of life kind of environment for these people to where it's like, oh, look, you know, your quality of life has just increased. You know, you won the lottery, you know, so to speak, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. and then they they use these people and coach them, you know, incessantly. Like we're not talking about, you know, 10 minutes before you get on a broadcast or 10 minutes before you go live with somebody, you know, about some new book you wrote or whatever the case be, we're talking about, uh, damn near internment level coaching of individuals to, you know, everything from posturing to their happiness level to the verbiage, you know, verbatim. I mean, everything is coached. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, it, it, it's, it's grotesque. It, I mean, it's like the it, it is the epitome of what coercion looks like.
0: Yeah. It's almost like they took the, the German handbook on how uh, how they operated in the 30s and just like, man, we could make this much more efficient. Oh, yeah. And th- they just took out, you know, all the things that kind of made Germany fail in in those aspects of what they were doing in the in in the, the atrocities to the jewish people um they fixed the the gaps well <laughs> and
1: what what makes what makes you cringe even more about this is that you know there there are a lot of people and i'm gonna say there there are a huge proportion of the population of china that given the opportunity to get out of there oh run without looking back yep um but at the same time, do they have closed borders? Um, well, they didn't close Wuhan's borders because there were about <laughs> five to six million people that left yeah. Wuhan province when COVID.
0: But what broke I mean out. is, is like North Korea doesn't allow its citizens to leave and go to other countries. That's Are a good they? Question: I can't answer. I'd that. have to. We'd have to look into that because I, I would imagine that they would very much control. Who, oh, would, would who, would, who would leave the country because you got to imagine all those all the poor farmers that live in the places that aren't Beijing um, are not living their best lives you know yeah. so I, I imagine well, they would love
1: to get out well even with, with the story I was just reading about I mean apparently she was allowed to leave to travel to the Netherlands but you know it, it's one thing getting a passport yeah. You know, going through the necessary steps to get a passport or a visa or whatever the case be to travel abroad. Well, apparently it's a requirement that uh she had to be sterilized. Oh. I mean that this is what I was reading here is that uh I'll go back to the portion I was reading here. Um, the I the IUD. Yeah. And uh basically uh her husband said he was also coached to dismiss her claims that authorities forcibly inserted an IUD and later sterilized her before she was able to obtain before she was able to obtain permission to leave China for the Netherlands in October 2019
0: so they're and she's a wigger herself she is so they're trying to control
1: their population yeah, they're outside trying to, of the borders of China.
0: Yeah, they're trying to make sure that these people don't reproduce. Yeah. Completely.
1: Yeah. And this isn't this is a very this is one instance of They're
0: trying to eradicate them.
1: Oh yeah, quite literally.
0: They're they're literally trying to erase them from history.
1: Well, I mean, uh, you had brought it up uh last week. You had uh, towards the end of our segment, you had mentioned how the um, they finally uh, declared it genocide. Yes. Um, right
0: at the end of 45's
1: I think they, pres- presidency. I'm trying to remember here, but I think it was five counts. Uh, here it is. Uh, t- t- March 9th, 2021, there was a press release. Uh, the UHRP welcomes findings of Chinese state violations under each and every act of the genocide. Okay, convention. so that was under Biden. Um the Uyghur Human Rights Project commends the legal analysis, concluding that the government of China is committing genocide against the Uyghur people. Published today by the Newsline Institute, uh, and it goes on and on. But uh, nonetheless, that just
0: seems so matter of fact. Yeah, like it's almost like it's it's a it's a footnote. Yeah, like they're not even there. There doesn't seem to be any gravity there. No. The United States acknowledges that China is participating in the genocide of the Uyghur people.
1: Yeah, it's almost like being at the Olympics and yeah. you know the sideline judges that yeah. are announcing. Yeah, you know. like it's
0: a, like it's a, a disclaimer at the end of a Matchbox commercial or something.
1: And I think that's what I think that's what should bother people the most about this. You know, there's 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 so much here that should bother you, but yes. you know, at the base of it, you know, if you think about it, and I mentioned this very briefly last week, but. Think about the historical. Think about the 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 what was necessary for the U.S. to enter into World War II. They knew, they knew, the U.S. FDR and his cabinet knew that there was there were uh, acts of genocide being committed against. The
0: the Jewish people, the Jewish people, German.
1: and not just the Jewish people, because we all know that Hitler. Oh yeah, Hitler rated the Jews as the worst, and then you know to use a Cap- Catholics and, and you know well African Americans,
0: African Americans, I mean any other any
1: any ethnicity
0: that and wasn't you were German. you
1: talking about the fifty-five classes yes. that the the China, And essentially, this is what uh, the Third Reich did: is they classified people, yep. and it gave them. Their justification for why they could treat a people, but what I, what I was getting at is that you know the, the, I'll, I'll say this, Winston Churchill just going into history if it hadn't been for Winston Churchill's presence during that time, I don't know if the U.S. would have gotten involved because Winston Churchill was like the pivot point of all that was going on in that time. FDR was flip-floppy Sure. I mean, when it comes down to it, he was not wanting to get the U.S. involved. He wasn't, and you know, I understand that you don't get involved in the wars at the drop of a hat. And you know, and I know that in our current generation, we we've gotten to the point to where I think we've gone to where now we're policing the world. But at the same time, when you have an atrocity being committed on this level, I I Any person, any people, uh, any nation with any sense of conscience, uh, any sense of moral right, you know, in any sense of the word or ethical foundations, you know, who cares where it comes from, any kind of moral sense at all should tell you that mistreatment of a people on that level should constitute some kind of reprisal, some kind of consequence.
0: There should be some action.
1: and. For the U.S., the U.S., and not to put, you know, these are two different ball games that we're talking about, but it wasn't until Pearl Harbor, it wasn't until the atrocity stepped foot onto our playing field, onto our ground, that it became something that FDR felt was necessary. And here, all the meantime, you have Winston Churchill, you know, the bulldog that he was. London's being bombed on a night-to-night basis. You know, you heard the statement to keep the stiff upper lip. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where it came from. It was that the, the the British people kept a stiff upper lip and just kept on working through the bombings and everything else that was going on by the Luftwaffe and, you know, yep. the I, I, what I'm getting at is that it took so much for the U.S. to get involved in that. Uh, I, when you look at something like this, how much does it take for, wh- what's it going to require for us to really say, okay, y- your shit's up, you know, th- th- it's it's done. You're, y- you know, you're either going to back away from the table on this one or uh, you're going to suffer some repercussions for this. And I think that's the thing. We're so flipping afraid of China. We're so flippin' afraid of what they could do. Yeah, they have a large army. Yeah, they have this, but, you know, at what point do – we just act on principle and stop, Yeah, <laughs> you
0: know, you know what I mean? It's like, no, you're making, you're making good points. Um, I, I want, I'm looking, I'm looking for a specific quote here that I want to read because it, it's applicable here. Um, but I, I don't want to, I don't want to take up too much time while I'm, while I'm looking for this just sitting in, um, sitting in silence. But, um, to your point, it, it, it's, it took the United States a very long time. Um, to get into, um, to get into world war two because he was flip floppy. The, the people of the United States were still weary from world war one. Oh yeah. And we, we didn't want to get involved. And, um, It, it didn't want to step. It, it didn't want to stick its toe into something that it couldn't pull its foot back out of. Yeah. Like it, we knew that it was something that, as, as soon as we get mired into it, um, that that we were going to be stuck there. So I'm looking for this one.
1: Uh, one while you're looking there, I mean, one of, one of the things to keep in mind in relation to what I was trying to establish there is that we there are people in the U.S. now that are of Wiger descent. are citizens they are whether they're citizens or just legally here through work visas or whatever the case be there are people within the within the laws of the united states that would fall under the protection clauses of the u.s and what you have is you know going back to these proof of life videos they are i mean there there's just countless articles that we could go through with regards to this but to give the general overview here they are Getting back, the CCP is essentially getting back retaliatory actions against people that are currently living in the U.S. uh, That, through means of using their family members, through these proof of life videos, through their internments, through imprisonment, and you know whatever else you want to add into that equation. So.
0: So the, the, the quote that I, that I was looking for, it, it, it sums up um, kind of what's going on in general, and it's actually from our Declaration of Independence, and it makes, it makes perfect sense as to what's going on here. Um, and it's a quote, obviously, from Thomas Jefferson. It says uh, in the middle of the second paragraph, uh, All experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable, than to write themselves by abolishing the forms of which they're accustomed. Hmm. That's so genius. Yeah, because there, mankind is is willing to put up with a lot, yeah. as long as they can keep the status quo and and keep things going the way that they've always been. So that's essentially what what's going on. As long as things as long as things are are comfortable and as long as things are moving forward in a. Um, you know, not offensive manner, so to speak. We're just more than willing to keep going along with it as long as it doesn't interrupt uh, what we consider to be our comforts, our, 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 our believies, our, our feely good things that we have.
1: Did you, uh, not to digress, but kind of related, uh, did you read anything about the, I'm actually looking for (laughs) information on this, but, um, did you read anything about that, uh, uh, meeting between the Chinese ambassadors and President Biden up in Alaska was it Alaska?
0: I I've, I've I heard um, yeah I heard brief tellings of it that it was a it was a brief uh, a brief meeting and I think China walked away from it.
1: Yeah, I the general overview. I don't. I'll be honest with those that are listening. I have really little to no understanding as to what it was involving. But my my general understanding of how it proceeded is that basically China. Flipped us off. Yep. Um, basically told us that you don't have any grounds by which to tell us what to do. You don't. You don't have that kind of power. You're not in that position. Um, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you know, we talk about. You know, is the United Sp- United States supposed to be the policeman of the U- of the world? No. But is the United States supposed to establish precedence on liberty? Yeah.
0: Yes. United States is supposed to be the beacon yes we're we're the we're the example we're the I wouldn't say that we're the big brother um, you know because I don't I don't like a lot of the policing that we do around the world I, I think that we could keep our nose out of a lot more than, than what we do um, but we are the moral compass we are the example of um, you know when we see, when we see human dignity being violated on uh you know unprecedented scales we f- we take it upon ourselves as that it's our job uh to right that ship yeah. um so uh you know i think this is definitely something that we need to we need to address um the 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 problem is, is how do you how do you go about addressing that
1: i mean the, the- it seems like the only actions that we've taken in regards to situations like this have only ever been monetary tariffs um wh- what they did recently i guess is they uh, froze the assets of several high ranking uh, officials within the ccp um and th- and that should give you that should give you all the warm and fuzzy feelings in all the world that the very people that are directly involved in the treatment of these people amongst many other ethnicities and groups within their borders have monetary interest in the U.S., which means that the the store that you're shopping at right now, uh, online or in person, quite possibly might have some connection, might have an investor across the world that is... Uh, proposing and, um, what am I looking for?
0: I, I, like, I guess, are you trying to, are you trying to say that, um, y- you know, pay attention. I, I don't yeah. want to reg- yeah. pay, pay attention.
1: Yeah. Pay attention. We, we need to get a little bit more serious as a people about where our money goes. Yeah. I mean, I'm, <laughs> we don't think about it, but you know, tax dollars. I mean, the Boston Tea Party happened because it was taxation without representation. Yep. This is bigger.
0: Yeah.
1: This is bigger than even just Britain, you know, putting their thumb on us. This yep. is people, living, breathing human beings that are being threatened with extinction. And in one way, shape, or form, we are enabling their ability to do this through monetary means and i think that that should cause us to take that much more of a step back and look at where those dollars that are coming out of our pocket through voluntary means or involuntary means where they're going
0: yeah so maybe maybe that's what we talk about next um next episode is we can talk about um you know what what we can do on our end, uh, steps that we can take to get, to, to make a difference in this situation and where we can pay attention, um, things that we can do, um, on locally to affect things globally. Um, so, uh, next week
1: is Easter. Yes, it is. And happy Easter to all of you. (laughs) So happy good Friday, happy Lent, happy (laughs) Happy, whatever you celebrate on that week. Yeah.
0: So, um, we'll, we'll be back, um, with a quick episode for Easter, I imagine, um, where we'll, we'll come back and we'll talk about, um, you know, what you can do locally to to get yourself involved, where you can find some information. Um, and we're going to make some links to our website uh, on our website for, um, to get some more information as to how, uh, how and where these things are taking place. Um, so, uh, for this week, at least I hope that, um, that Scott gets better, um, that, that everything is, uh, good for everyone out there. Uh, we'll come back next week and talk about, um, you know, what, what, what we can do on, uh, you know, in our own everyday lives to make a difference, uh, to, to people in China. So everyone keep their calm, uh, keep their, keep their stuff together and, and just be good to each other. Um, pay attention to what you're doing, uh, what you're buying and where you're, where you're spending your money, because in the end, uh, that money goes somewhere and, 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 you know, in beyond China, there's a lot of money going to a lot of bad people. So, uh, just keep that in mind, uh, stay safe and I hope everyone has a great week.
1: Have a great week.
0: Bye.